welcome back to the Macam in the Middle podcast. This is going to be an episode that we did last year and it went fairly well. We are going to be looking ahead to the new season, looking at transfers, looking at the latest contract news. Obviously, there hasn't been too much on that front, but we'll still be looking at that and just kind of talking about where we think Sunderland could be next season and how they're going to line up, essentially. Um, obviously, it is that time of the year where players are going to get linked from every club in the world to Sunderland. Um, the likes of Cameron Arch has been linked recently. Um, a few others, and obviously waiting on contract talks with the likes of Gooch, Bailey Wright, who has just won the playoffs with Australia. I'm not entirely sure what it was qualified for. I don't know if any of you know what it was for. World Cup, wasn't it? Was it World Cup? Yeah, World Cup. Was it? Fair enough. Bailey Wright in the World Cup. Two playoff wins in the space of a couple of months. Not bad. But like I said, we'll be looking ahead and just looking at kind of Sunderland starting 11 where we think it could go. Obviously, this is just kind of looking at players that we would like to sign and who we would like to see in them positions. But first and foremost, John, it is, like I said, it is that time of year where everyone's going to get linked. Um, there's going to be players linked with movers away. There already has been, the likes of Ross Stewart linked with Rangers. It's another very important summer and Sunderland have to get it right. Yeah, it's a big, a big important uh, summer. I think we have touched on it before. Uh, we always seem to go into the summers, and they're always they always seem to be massive uh, for us, you know, as opposed to just adding sort of you know sort of two or three players to an already sort of amazing plan. Um, a lot, of, like you said, a lot of things are up in the air. Obviously, Bailey Wright, um, you know, Patrick Roberts, and and Gooch. You know, ideally, I think we're all pretty much in agreement. I would have thought that we would probably like all three to stay. Um, yeah. But even then, we still need, you know, well, I'd probably go on the maybe what six to seven um, sort of new players coming in. The um, the links of Stuart leaving doesn't fill me with any real confidence because I think if they if they do sort of dangle a bit of money in front of us, I think we're the sort of, sort of club to go. Hmm, yeah, we could uh, we could take that because um, I don't think you could put you can't really put a price on a striker who's banging in goals who. To be fair to him, has an amazing, you know, injury record. He doesn't, you know, he's played every single game and yeah. he's been available for the last four Scotland games as well. So I think, you know, we've got a, we've got to remain quite resilient in that fact. This, the only other thing is maybe we're in a we're in a really good position and we're sort of on the up. That's a, maybe a selling point to say, look, come on, stay. You know, we can because, you know, we know if we get the things right, and it's it's a big if, but if we get the things right, we know. You know, we're heading in the right direction up to to the Premier League, but yeah, like we say again, it's always a it's always a big I don't want to say rebuild, but it's it's almost like a rebuild, isn't it? Yeah, and obviously we're going to mention it at some point, Dylan, but we might as well talk about it now. Obviously, Ross Stewart linked with Rangers he is probably a player that I think every single Sunderland fan wants to see stay at the club. Obviously, I think yeah, Martin tells you how many goals he got. He got over about 25, 26 goals last season, I think it was. Um, and obviously offered a lot more to the team than just his goals. Um, and obviously it was his goal that produced one of the best moments in recent years at Wembley. But, you know, you've seen the likes of Ivan Tony, who was in a similar situation. Um, obviously had a great season in League One with Peter, but I think it was a £10 million move um, to the Championship. How much is Ross Stewart worth at the moment? And what would you, if Sunderland did sell them to someone like Rangers, what would the price tag have to be for you to be like kind of fair enough? Oh, that's a good question because, like, obviously, on the one hand, he's been absolutely excellent for us. I mean, obviously, he's got promoted, and it's quite clear that he's that he's 
championship quality at the very least. He's a, he's a brilliant striker, but then also like well, it was only a year and a half ago that we paid like 250,000 for him. So whatever, if we end up selling him, whatever they sell him for, it's going to be a massive profit. But I mean, if we were to sell him, I, I would want it to be to a club like Rangers. I don't want to be selling him to anyone else in, in, in our league because I feel like that would just be pointless. We'd probably end up scoring about seven goals in one half against us in typical yeah. Southern fashion. I'd say, to be to be realistic, I'd say up, upwards of five million. But simply because of what he's worth to us, I'd be asking for around the ten million mark. And if no club's willing to meet it, then that's just tough luck for them, isn't it? They're not getting them. Yeah. And obviously, Adam, the summer, a lot of people only really focus on who Sunderland should be bringing in. But it is important to keep as many of the players that we have now at the club. Yeah, it is. I mean, I didn't realise how heavily linked Rangers were to him, but I'm just reading here that Scott Wilson said that um, Rangers make SFC striker Ross Stewart their number one option yeah. to replace uh, Morelos. Now, I've I've never seen a striker um, for Sunderland in the last, say, 15, 20 years that has been so much of a focal point. Um, I think if you go through our previous strikers, you know, Defoe, he's a finisher. Um, Josh Madger, again, finisher. Um, Charlie White just heads it in. Like, Ross Stewart can do absolutely everything and he looks he looks different class. Like, he looks very clever. And I think the, the moment I realised it was... Um, when we played Wigan away this season, obviously one three 0 and just while he was waiting for like balls to come in the box, like just his understanding of distances between himself and defenders, himself and you know fellow players, it's just it's second to none. And I think I get what he's saying about League One and stuff. Like he's only done it in League One. We only paid a couple of thousand, uh, a couple of hundred thousand from not long ago, but. Those attributes and traits that he has, you can't buy for less than seven, eight million in today's market. Yeah, and I think and I, I think Ivan Tony's the perfect example of that as well. And that was what three, maybe four years ago now. I think. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think Ivan. The thing with Ross Stewart is, as a target man, kind of thing. Um, the ceiling's not as high as Ivan Tony. You know, Ivan Tony's someone who can like running behind and not. And to be fair, Ross Stewart can. I just think. Ivan Tony was always, always going to be worth about £10 million. Whereas I think a lot of people, apart from Sunderland fans, will look at Ross Stewart and think, how can you expect £10 million for a League One striker? Mm. But like I say, to, to us, he's, as Dylan touched on there, to us, he's worth that. And if we were to sell for £10 million, we'd probably have to spend £8 million to get someone that's nowhere near you as good as him. Yeah. Yeah. I think that is fair enough to be honest and the other players obviously that might leave might not leave John like we've already kind of mentioned Billy Wright Lyndon Gooch and Patrick Roberts in terms of Billy Wright I think it's fair to have expected this contract talk to have gone on for a while obviously he's been away on a national duty with Australia as up till well now I think he's probably still away with them now um, but in terms of Lyndon Gooch and Patrick Roberts is it a concern that we still haven't heard anything about it yet um, I think slightly because you know they're, they're due back in training. What is it next week? Yeah. Um, and obviously they both haven't played, you know, any other football. And like, um, you know, Bailey Wright, you could probably give him the benefit of the doubt, um, you know, with with the internationals. But um, yeah, the other two, obviously Gooch has been training. Um, we've I've seen the videos, you know, on on Twitter and stuff, and he still tags the club in them. So you you probably would have thought, 
he's probably going to sign and maybe just keeping his options open. You know, if if Swansea, by all accounts, have, have sort of come in for him, then you know there's there's probably a decent contract, you know, and sort of a, a two to three year deal there for him. Maybe we're looking at sort of a one or a two year deal. You know, I think it the last time he signed a new contract, I think it wrangled on a little bit. Um, and you know, going up to the championship, is he a player we want to put you know three or four years into? And I'm I'm probably not quite so sure. Um, I'm sure a few of the other boys on the pod will probably hate me for saying that. Um, but you know, it's. We, we, we could probably do better, but I think the way the squad is, I think he is a player that we do need to sign for sort of continuity, but I wouldn't I wouldn't be handing out a four-year deal. Um, yeah. So you would have thought that. I, I still think he probably will sign, but I think it's just, it's just taking some time. Uh, and obviously with Patrick Roberts, um, I think, again, he's probably keeping his, his options open. A few teams would have seen his fall towards the end of the season. I don't think he's been scintillating since... Um, you know, since he came in, um, it's taken a while for him to get up to speed. But we know if Neil can get him playing how he's been playing, you know, he's he's probably one of the best players in the squad. Um, so again, it's I think the balls sort of in both of them, both of the their court, you know, ours and and his. You know, he's got he's probably got a lot of options. I would have thought, and obviously we want him, and he he wouldn't cost anything. Uh, whereas if we were buying him, you're probably looking at five six million. You know, maybe even the same sort of price that Jack Clark would command. Um, but yeah. you know it's it's one of them. It's up in the air. Um, if they stay great, if they don't, I'm sure we've got you know other irons in the fire. But for me, I'd I'd probably take both of them. Yeah, and obviously we'll get into you know kind of the starting eleven as to what we well what we would like to see as opposed to what we think we will see. But John said six or seven, Dylan. How many players do you reckon Sunderland do need to bring in? Obviously, there's a lot of players left. Um, off the top of my head, I'm not going to be able to name them, but you know we're stuck with one keeper, one striker, um, one left back, and obviously Dennis Sergan. So there are certain areas that definitely need more attention than others. But would six or seven be a fair representation of how many players Sunderland do need to bring in this summer? Yeah, no, I think I think around around that number uh, would be would be a good good amount of bringing that. It's like obviously on one hand the players that have took us up some would say give them the chance to give them the chance in the championship but if we've got if we've got the means and, and the funds to improve on what we've got then there's no reason why why we shouldn't do that so i think bring in as you said six or seven and then see how it does and then if if that's not enough and we need more there's always there's always january to to remedy that but we've still got we've got still got some quality players already at the club so just need yeah. a few a few to bring that bring us up to like solid championship level as opposed to we could have survived in the championship if we were there last season sort of thing yeah well we'll get into what we think or what we would like Sunderland's starting 11 to kind of look like next season um and obviously you can name players that have been at the club or sorry name players that are at the club or players that have been linked with the club or players who you think would just be a good target for Sunderland Obviously, we have no idea how much Sunderland are going to have money-wise to spend, but I would recommend not to include the likes of Mbappe and Pogba in this, because um, I think that is slightly unrealistic, kind of like Joe Bursic. Sorry, Dan. But we'll start with a formation, I suppose. Adam, you can pick a formation that you think Sunderland are probably more likely to go with next season. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest. I'm not sure because, um, you know, all season under Neil, where the... I don't know how many games he had, about 15, 20. For the most part of the season, we played a three at the back. Yeah. And then the playoffs comes and he goes for a four at the back. Um, now, one of my good friends is a Preston fan 
and he said um, they never played a three at the back under Alex Nail. So, which makes me question, why did he come, play a three at the back and then go at the four at the back for like, you could say the most important games, Yeah. Um, which I found a bit funny. So I think if we're going based off what he's done before and the fact that the more important games towards the end of the season, I think probably you're looking at a 4-2-3-1, aren't you? Yeah. I think that's probably fair. I think the Sunderland situation next season is probably going to be somewhat similar to the expectation he had at Preston as well during mm-hmm. the first season. So I think that formation would probably work. So 4-3-1 will start in goal and obviously I'll go through each one of you and you can name whoever you want that you think you would like to see in goal for some of the next season. Obviously we only have one goalkeeper at the club now and Anthony Patterson made his debut last season and didn't really put a foot wrong um, you know, from start to finish, uh, kept a few clean sheets even there, made some important saves. That one against Oxford, I think it was, which probably proved out to be one of the most important saves of the season in terms of the points we needed to to reach the playoffs, which obviously ultimately led to us getting promoted. But John, I'll start with you. In goal for Sunderland next season, does Anthony Patterson start or would you be bringing someone else in? And who, If so, who? Um, I, I, do you know what? Personally, I, I think I would start him. I think you do have to see what what would happen? Um, <clears throat> sounds a strange one, but you know, happens in training. I know there's been a few goalkeepers linked up, and I think Everson, who um, played for Neil, maybe under uh, played for Neil at um, Preston. Yeah. Um, you've, so you got, and then there's obviously Ruddy as well, who's he's probably a good, experienced goalkeeper. But I think at, at, as we stand at the moment, I'd probably say Pato gets a chance. But obviously, you've got to see what happens in you know who, who we do sign. You know, because by the looks of it, we're trying to sign someone a bit more experienced at a higher level maybe um, but I, I personally would, would put Patterson in there and have whoever does come in as, as the understudy at the moment obviously when you know in pre-season it could all change because Patterson was decent in, in pre-season last season and then obviously he's ultimately third choice behind Burge and Hoffman Yeah so Patterson for John with another keeper coming in as backup Dylan Simply because we've we've been linked with him, I'll say I'll say if it's in that. If you asked me before before I'd seen that those rumours, I would have said that he was probably too good for us to be able to sign. But I mean, he's he's proven himself, especially last season, as like an exceptional championship goalkeeper. And so if it is true, and we are interested in him, and we've got the financial means to bring him in, then there's there's no reason why we shouldn't be getting the best player in each position that we possibly can. But I do want to say Patterson has been very good and he does deserve a chance. So if we're in a position to bring in a very good goalkeeper, then maybe you send Patterson on loan to League One. But I wouldn't be against the idea of keeping Patterson as our starting keeper at the start of the season. Yeah. And Adam, for you, in goal for some of the next season? Yeah, um, same as what uh, Dylan said. Again, Iverson for me was the best keeper in the league last season, and I think I put on to it. I expect the Premier League club to offer him offer Leicester about five million. But yeah. now that now that he's linked, hundred percent, either him or uh, Nottingham Forest's number two, uh, Ethan Horvath um, from America. Again, he hasn't played much in the Championship last season, but um, in the half a dozen games that he did play, he was fantastic and. Um, <clears throat> I'll be honest with you, I think we've spent four years in League One. I don't want to go up to the Championship and just be too nice to our players, like, oh, well done for last season, you start. I think we've got to kick on here. And look, Anthony Patterson, for me, he came on leaps and bounds. When he first got put in the team, I wasn't very keen on him. But the confidence that I have in him grew 
and grew and you know he made that brilliant save at Wembley against uh, Vokes. Yeah. But I just I want this season to be a season that's m- meaningful and that we can kick on as a club. And yeah. I think our best chance of doing that is by getting someone else. Yeah. So I'm just going to hold that. Yeah, that's fair enough. But honestly, that will be a position that someone will sign someone in, whether it, who it is, I don't know. But obviously, Patterson, like I said, is the only goalkeeper at the club. So that is definitely a sign that will be made on the right back. Um, Adam, I'll start with you for right back. Obviously, we've got Hume, um, who hasn't really played under Alex Neal. Um, I think he played in the game against Rotherham, I think it was. And off the top of my head, that's the only game I remember him starting for Neil. Um, obviously, Niall Huggins, who got an injury and, and missed you know, a large part of last season. We've got Winchester on nine who can play there, but probably not the primary position for them. Who would be starting at right back for some of the next season, do you think? See, so two names that I've um, shortlisted would be Marlon Fossey um, at Fulham and Callum Britton at Barnsley. But again, them two names are probably more lads that you'd play if you were playing a three at the back. Yeah. I think it's far more difficult to sign... Uh, well, no, that's more difficult. I think just a good right back stands out less than a good right wing back. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll be I'll be honest with you. I I and I don't know what use lads to like with him because he is more Mike. But I wouldn't be against Luke or Nine starting right back next season. Yeah, I just think he's that solid as a right back. He doesn't make mistakes, and I think if you can have a team of defenders that don't make mistakes, then you'll be okay. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, Don. Um, I think, but it dep- it depends for me as to how Niall Huggins looks now that he's coming back from his injury. Because obviously, I know it was under a different manager, but when we brought him in, he was given he was given the number two shirt. It was it was thought that he was going to be like our right back going forward before he got that bad injury. And I mean, even when we signed him initially, I was quite surprised because I thought that uh, I thought a championship team would have picked him up then to have sort of as an option. So I mean, if he's uh, if he hasn't sort of been hindered too badly by by his injury, and he's able to able to clear the save the same way he could before. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be against giving Nile Huggins a go. Um, obviously we brought Hume in, but I feel like he hasn't played enough in the league below to want to, for us to just all of a sudden give him loads of starts in the championship. So I wasn't surprised to see him see him loaned out. So I would say I would say stick with Huggins simply because in my mind I can't there's no there's no like no name screaming out to me to bring in to, to sign for a right back. So I'll say Huggins. Yeah. I think one name that I would potentially throw in there would be Nyamba from Blackburn. I think he is on a free transfer, I think. I think he is about to leave Blackburn. I forgot all about Huggins, to be fair. He, he did look really, really good away at Wigan uh, in the Cup, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Again, it, you could argue he, again, is more of a, a wing-back, I suppose. But, again, we'll wait and see um, <clears> as to how that starts. But, John, a right-back next season for Sunderland? Yeah, I think the, the boys have made good points there. Obviously, we don't know what, what Huggins is going to be like. Um you know, are you, are you going to trust Hume and Huggins? Because I don't think at the moment he does trust uh, Hume. Um, and like we say, we don't know what, what state Huggins is going to be be in, even though he looked fairly decent. I think we do actually play with, you know, obviously Sirkin and whoever's on the other side, be it Winchester or whoever, is normally there to get forward. And we sort of have a, a Corey Evans type to drop in. So I wouldn't be adverse to to having Huggins in there and sort of playing that, that role. Um, only other one, 
that I'd probably like to see, and I've liked him for a while, is um, I think his name's Fankety Darbo, uh, Coventry. Coventry. He yeah. just gets, yeah, he just it gets up and down, and I've I've always liked him, even ever since we we played them in uh, in League One. Um, so I wouldn't be I wouldn't be adverse to that. I think we do actually need to buy a proper solid right back of someone who is a right back who's at a good age who can yeah that's your position and you know as opposed to buying the youngsters who we need to fit in and you know should we stick Luco 9 in there this week or should we stick Winchester in this week I think we're at that point where we need to target these positions and get people into those positions to be sort of settled yeah well Dabo did score an own goal on football manager last night in the FA Cup final in a 1-0 defeat for me so oh, get, that would be a yeah, bit sweet yeah get yeah. rid get rid um, moving on to the centre-backs, we'll look at both of them as opposed to individual. Obviously, I think, off the top of my head, we only have two at the club at the moment. Well, one at the club at the moment with Danny Barr. Obviously, Bainey Wright's out of contract. Whether he signs a new one or not, we'd like to think he will. Um, but obviously, like Tom Flanagan left, um, Callum Doyle's went back to Man City on loan. Could you bring him back? Maybe. Who knows? But, John, starting with you for the centre-backs. Um, for both positions, I've, I've probably gone... Uh, it's a, I think it's a bit of a toss-up between Danny Bart and Wright in in one position of centre-back. Um, I think they've both been good experience, but I think we need someone a bit youthful and and sort of quick across the ground um, on the other side. So I've, I've gone with Bath or Wright. Um, after Bar, Bailey Wright's um, game against uh, Peru the other night, I did like the way he sort of sat off and played the ball around. And I think that's what... Yeah. That's the sort of football you get in the Championship, I think. So, I, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing him there. And then... Our old mate um, apparently is is knocking about for a good fee in in Dion Sanderson. I wouldn't be I wouldn't mind him sort of coming back on a on a permanent. Again, it's a position that we we need to strengthen and we need to sort of put some put some money into a decent player who can make that position um, his own. So for me, I'd probably go right and and Sanderson in there if it's uh, if it's doable. Yeah, I think Sanderson's a good shout as well because obviously, I mean, you don't necessarily want players to kind of play in the unnatural position which Sanderson can cover pretty much over the back four I think as well so if he was brought in obviously is would be naturally to play at centre-back but could cover other positions as well Dylan at centre-back next season for Sunderland um, uh, I agree with uh, Bailey Rice filling one of the positions and then my first choice obviously would be would be Sanderson, but say maybe he goes to a Sheffield United, something like that, I'd be going in for uh, Dan Ballard from Arsenal. I'm pretty sure that they've made him available for transfer. Obviously he's just come uh, he's just come back off a off a season loan at Millwall. He's just he's he's like I think he's twenty two still and he's an absolute unit and uh, he would fit he would fit the thing of a, at one point or another we've had the entire Northern Ireland squad playing for Sunderland. So we might might as well bring another one in. Yeah, he was a Blackpool as well, wasn't he? At Lone Lone um, the season before, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah I thought so. Um, Adam, centre-backs next season for Sunderland. Yeah, um, same as Dylan. Definitely Daniel Ballard. Um, <clears throat> he was someone I wanted before he went to Millwall um, at the start of the season, like you see off his good um, season for Blackpool. I think alongside him, if you want... <laughs> I can't decide between... Again, three lads, um, Alfie Mawson, Johan Barbo, or uh, Murray Wallace. I just, I feel like there's a reason Danny Bath and Bailey Wright dropped down to League One, and it's because they're not good enough. And like I say, I'd, I'd rather just go and get players now 
then six months down the line in January, find out that they're not good enough, if you get what I mean. Yeah. Um, so I'm with Dylan. I'd start uh, Daniel Ballard on the right-hand side, and I'd probably lean towards uh, Johan Barbie on the left. Yeah, fair enough. Left-back. Um, Adam, go back to you again. The position that Sunderland will definitely, well, almost definitely sign someone in um, with Dennis Serkin, the only current left-back at the club, I think. Obviously, Huggins can play there, um, but I think he is more of a right-back. I could be wrong on that, but I think he is. Um, so, I suppose it's whether you think Serkin starts next season and would bring someone in as cover, or whether Serkin is used as cover. Yeah, I'll be honest, I don't rate Serkin at all. Um, I think he's been our worst player this season. Yeah, I remember you saying that. I remember you saying that. Who would you bring in? I'll come back to Adam. Dylan? Um, I, I, I don't get this. Uh, I don't get this Dennis Serkin circuit here. Like, I, I don't I'm, get... I'm definitely, I think I'm on with, I'm with you on that one, I think. But... I think he's got, he's, don't get me wrong, he's got a lot. He's got a lot he can improve on. But I mean, he's he's shown he's he's shown he's definitely a promising left back, and the only way for players to improve is to is to play games. I think also I don't want to make excuses, but I'm pretty sure he's had quite a lot of personal stuff going on in the past year, so yeah. maybe that was interfering with with his sort of play throughout throughout the season. But I think if you can like come back after a full preseason with the team, and uh, I think again one thing that people forget is that is his first season of football. Yeah, exactly, and then. Before Adi signed for us, people were quick to mention that he was like back pocket and Ansu Fati in youth games and things like that. So yeah. clearly, I think Mourinho like, was a big fan of him as well when he was at Tottenham. Exactly, exactly. So it's not just not just anyone can can sort of get this sort of praise from these sort of people. So so I wouldn't be against starting starting Dennis Serkin. But again, if we as I said earlier, if we've got the financial capability to bring in a, a very good left back and also the other positions that we need to. Do, then fair enough bring someone in but I saw I saw uh, that someone mentioned Matthew Sorinola who's at obviously Union uh, however they're, whatever they're called in the Belgian league and I remember he was at MK Don <laughs> the season before yeah I remember yeah, his I, name I was trying to think where he was I put that rings a bell yeah uh, I remember he looked. I remember. What, I'm pretty sure when he played against us, he, I'm, I'm sure it's him. I'm thinking of. Like, he looked. He looked quite lively. He's quite quick, but I do think that he's less of a. Def- he's more of a wing back. I think he's, he's better. Better going forward. So it wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't be against sort of having Serkin starting, and then if later in the game when we need to get players forward, bring in someone like Sorinola, just stick him off off the bench and have him have him overlapping. So maybe someone like that. Yeah. It is you, well, Union Saint Gillow, Gillow? Ah, I, 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 we'll I could see it in my head, but I didn't, I didn't want to try and pronounce it. I just knew it was Union something. Union SG, we'll go with. Ah, that's Um, John, at left back next season for Sunderland. Yeah, I think I'm sticking with uh, with Sirkin. Again, I don't, I don't subscribe to the worst player we've had last season. I thought he was, like we said, he's had his ups and downs. It's his first year of football. You know, you've got to take a lot of things into consideration in that respect. You know, he's moved to a different area. He's not in his in his London bubble, which, you know, can judge him by his Instagram. He loves he loves a little gangster lifestyle by the looks of it. Um, and that is, you know, I think there's a few issues of his, you know, his dad passing and that sort of thing. So you've you've got to give him that. But on the pitch to me, I think he's I think he's been solid enough. He's gonna have his dip in, in form. Um, yeah. but it's I think he's one of those players that we, we need to you know we need to let grow with us. I think for a left back, I think he's excellent in the air as well, and that's a massive um that's a massive bonus for us 
Um, and in terms of signings, I think we just sort of need, I don't know, um, I want to say an understudy. You know, maybe they're still looking at picking up the lad from from Northampton Town. It wouldn't surprise me if we go go down that route, if we're happy to to keep circling at left back, you know, and just sort of get an understudy who just sort of can fluctuate in and out of, of the squad. Yeah. Fair enough. Adam, are you back with us at left back? Yes, I am. Yeah, cut out there. Um, yeah, I'd go and get Reese Norrington Davies from um, Sheffield United. He's not even their first choice, and yet he's a Wales international. Um, he was fantastic when he was at uh, Rochdale, you know, really stood out. Um, had a decent loan spell at Luton, um, decent loan spell at Stoke. And again, every time he's played for um, Sheffield United, he's, uh, United, his data has been one of the best in the league. And I think if we were to go and pay about three or four million, we could probably get him. Yeah, that's fair enough. I'm going to get you to explain your uh, Dennis Sergan agenda. I just think this season, when he started, he just looked really late. Like, not lazy, just like tired, couldn't get forward, couldn't get back. Wasn't the best at defending. His cutback balls weren't the best. And they're the main things for left back. He moved into the centre half position alongside the three and he looked okay. He did look okay there. And then when we went back to the four, I think over the. In that first leg, in the Sheffield Wednesday first leg, he was absolutely abysmal. And in the second leg, he was shocking. And I think even his Wembley performance wasn't the best. And I just think, again, it goes with what I'm saying. We don't have to give players the opportunity and kind of carry them. Where it comes to a point when six months down the line, we're like, right, we need, we need to get rid of these because they're not good enough. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Moving on to midfield, and Adam, I'll go back to you again. Um, I think we have a fair share of kind of central midfielders. I wouldn't include Embleton in that because I think he's definitely more of a, a kind of front three slash four player. But looking who we've got in midfield, you've got the likes of Corey Evans, Jim Atete, Dan Neal, um, Viggo Nyan, who we, you said a right back, but he obviously can play midfield, Carl Winchester as well. Um, so whether Sunderland do bring in a midfielder or not is yet to be seen. But I suppose there will be a lot of people thinking we need at least one to come in to a starting position. But again, looking at the two as a as a pair, and who would you like to see for some of the next season? Yeah, um, I am right in thinking Josh Lawrence, a free agent now, is he? he unless something's Should changed be. in the last few days, I believe so, yeah. Right, so I definitely have him. Another player that I've picked out um, in the recruitment plan was... Wait, two players, two players that were together with Doncaster, uh, Ben Sheaf and Ben Whiteman. Um, you're probably talking that both probably cost you about six to seven million. So it depends what our budget is. But I think if we can get one of them um, alongside Josh Lawrence, and then this is then when we're then able to bring Connor Hoverhan. He's a free as well, isn't he? Yeah. If we can, if he we, is, yeah. If we can bring them three in. You'd, if we could have a midfield next season of Conor Hoverhan, um, Josh Laurent and either Sheaf or Whiteman, that's that's arguably one of the best midfields in the league. And you only haven't to pay for one of them. Yeah. I think looking at I think Redden offered Laurent a new contract. I don't I, I don't think he signed it yet, whether he will or not. I think Card if we're interested as well. Right. Um, so that'll be one to keep an eye on. Dylan, midfield two pairing for Sunderland next season. Uh, well, in terms of incomings, I agree with everything that's just been said there. But I'm in, I'm in two minds because <clears throat> obviously 
we all love Dan Neal and we know he's got he's got the potential to play at a very high level. But for me, he's either we've either got to be starting him next season or we've just got to sell him now while his stock's still high. Because if, if Alex Neal doesn't rate him... I think um, it could be an interesting one with Neal next season as well, as well because of how different the championship players tell you going. I think he will get more time on the ball. And I think that would probably suit him more than anything else. So it would be an yeah. interesting to see one, what happens with him. But anyway, carry on. Exactly. Like if he if he gets the game time and if he gets if he gets plays and if he gets given that faith of Alex Neal, then I think he'll do absolutely brilliant. But my problem is if obviously the way it's looked since Alex Neal's come in, that he maybe doesn't see in my mind, I think that he just wanted maybe the more rough and rugged, you know, your Corey Evans, your Luke O'Neill, just to get us over those that final hurdle at the end of the season. That's the way I saw it. But if it turns out that Alex Neal just doesn't rate him that much, then I would just I'd get caught, I'd just get rid of him because his stock's still high. Like people are gonna it's, it's like his good performances from the start of the season are still fresh in their memory of their potential suitors, and we could probably still get a few million from now. Obviously, he's been linked to your Burnleys, your Aston Villas. So if we're not gonna u- utilize him ourselves, I'd sell him while his stock's still high. But that being said, I would like to see him. I would like to see him play regularly for us, and then obviously bring in your Whitemans, your Hurahans to to play alongside him. Yeah. I think Hoohan's definitely the one I would be happy to see come in more than anyone else. But John, again, midfield pairing next season. Yeah, I think I'd definitely be on board with with Hurahan. A um, bit of experience in there as well. You know, playing the Premier League for a, quite a while as well. Um, again, I agree with with Dan Neil. I think it's a different league and at the Championship, and I think we're going to get a lot more time on the ball. And he's the sort of player we want. You know, I don't think Luke or I know. Luco Nine, Brazilian there. Luco Nine. Uh, I don't think he or Corey Evans is going to give us maybe what we need on the ball. Um, you know, so I think Neil's probably. I personally think that Neil goes ahead of of those two. Um, any other one that you know, I, the guys probably know more than I do about other players in the in the championship because um, it's literally I just focus on on Sun and alone. Um, yeah. But I think one player we are. We are sort of undercutting maybe is Jay Matetti in there. I think he's mm. he's he's done okay. Yeah, he's still young. Um, but he, I think he's done okay. I think we bought him in that in the sense that when we get promoted, I think he is much more suited to a championship game. Obviously, you get a lot more time on the ball. Um, he just sort of draws players in, and then you know, when he does release it properly, I think it does really work. Um, I think if you've got him, I, w- I don't want to say ideally, but I wouldn't mind seeing him and Neil play together and sort of get Matei to sit in while Neil sort of of plays. Um, yeah. But then again, you know, I, I do think we do still need that bit of street smart in in sort of a Hurahane sort of type player so that, you know, the others can, you know, sort of your wingers and your forwards can actually go off and play whilst, you know, sort of keeping the back door tight, which I think that's that's a big thing for Alex Neil. Yeah. Um, moving on to the attacking three behind the striker. Um in terms of right wing, John, we'll start with you. I don't actually think we have anyone at the club that can play there at the moment. Um, you know, Maybe Diaku. Oh, yeah, Diaku, obviously. Yeah, I <clears throat> about him. I think that's um, the only one at the minute. Obviously, you potentially could throw the likes of Embleton in there, but probably a slightly unnatural position for him. But who would you start right wing for some of the next season or who would you bring in to play there? Um, I think the easy one we've, we've got to say is, is obviously Patrick Roberts. You know, we, you would like to think we're we're at the front of the queue on on that one, and you know his performances sort of last sort of five six games. If he can replicate that and 
you know, we can get that out of him. I think that's that's a no-brainer on the wing. And, you know, Deaku, I don't think he's going to start, you know, he hasn't fancied hasn't fancied him at all. Um, but yeah. sort of the obligation to sign him is, you know, we we have to sign him. So he'll, I think he'll be a good a good squad player for for the championship. Again, you get a lot more space. I think again that's what he's used to. He's not used to a rugged, you know, Bayern Munich. They're not going to play sort of League One standard football. Um, so yeah, probably for me, Roberts and Deaku down that wing. Um, I think they probably both. Again, people won't like me saying this, but they they both probably get in ahead of of Lyndon Gooch, uh, yeah. which which would mean if we do if we do have those two, then there isn't really a place for Gooch in the team then or the squad. Yeah, Dylan, right wing next season for Sunderland. Uh, <clears throat> I'm going to be bored and just say Patrick Roberts. I hope that he signs signs a new deal. I mean, I know he was a bit it was a bit stop start from when he came in towards the end of the season, but for for a player who's had countless loans in the past I'd say five years uh, I think you've got to remember as well when he came into Sunderland he'd hardly played football I think for the last year yeah exactly he was that where was it was it Troyes in, in France which it is was, obviously yeah. like Man City's like sister club or something like that so he was just sent there for the crack by the looks of it and then and then he's come in and I think he just as we've said before on here he's just one of those players who just needs to needs to stay somewhere for, for a good period of time and have managers who are, puts his arm around him, gets the best out of him. And I think Alex Neal's starting to do that with him. And I mean, obviously, he's played, he'd been in the championship before with Middlesbrough, which was obviously less successful than his Derby spell. But he was, according to the Derby fans, he was the absolute bollocks when he was there. So, yeah. I mean, I don't see, I don't see why he can't can't turn it on again and, uh, and just get, get some more quality performances in the championship. I mean, he's come through, like, he's been at Man City for like, God knows how long they don't they don't persist with like just anybody. You know what I mean, they would have got rid of him years ago if he wasn't if he wasn't at least a decent player. Yeah. So would you be bringing someone in as backup, or do you think a midfield right side midfield with you know if Gucci if he signs you know behind Diaku behind Roberts? Uh, no, I think I think we do have to bring someone in. Um, maybe like. I, I don't, yeah, Roberts will be my starter, so I maybe go get someone like Marcus Harness as a backup because he's just rapid and direct. I, I quite like him. Yeah, fair enough. Adam, at right wing next season. Yeah, again, probably he's unpopular amongst um, you lads, but I, w- I wouldn't have even offered. I, w- I wouldn't be bothered about Patrick Roberts going at all. Again, I think he was one of our worst performance, uh, worst performers towards the end of the season. Um, I'd go and. Maybe he's putting a little bid for Josh Bowler at Blackpool. Um, oh, Sir Ricky Dembele at Bournemouth. But again, these, he probably wants to go and play in the Premier League, so he probably won't leave. Um, or there's, obviously, I've spoke before about uh, Seaman Nordley in Norway. Um, some of the best attacking data in Europe uh, this uh, last season. And again, you could probably you could probably get him for less than a million quid. Um, and another lad that's playing in Latvia at the moment is called um, Emerson Diocleciano, um, a Brazilian lad. It's a great name. <laughs> yeah, re- again, really good player. I think if we can go and get someone like that, just a bit outside the box, um, a bit exciting, then that would be ideal. Obviously, there's there's also um, Ebi Warby at... Uh, Ebi, well, I butchered his name then. Eb- Ebby away at Derby. Um, again, he was in my recruitment plan, but <laughs> about um, yesterday I saw that uh, Man United are actually interested in him. So 
Maybe yeah, with the buy and then loan them back, maybe. Yeah. Interesting. I think yeah, we Charlie definitely have to name this. On a free, by the way, I just thought I'd mention. <laughs> Who's that again, sorry? Charlie Musonda on a free. Charlie Musonda. Made a glass, Brad. I absolutely love that. He was offered to play Chelsea for free, so let's give him like a tenner a week. And yeah. uh, let's yeah. let him stay on Rusty with Sofa and uh, just bring him in. Yeah. I've been involved a lot. I do think this podcast can be actually called Controversial Opinions after what um, Adam's been saying. But anyway, <laughs> attacking midfield, Adam, I'll go with you. Obviously, two at the club at the moment who can kind of naturally play there in Pritchard and Embleton. For me, I think Pritchard is the one that will be starting there. And I don't really see him not starting really next season, but be interested to see what people say about that. Yeah, um, yeah no, I'm with you. I think... Um... There's only a handful of players that I'd put like, and have certainty that they'd make the step up. Uh, and it's Pritchard's definitely one of them. Um, could I suppose who Han could also play that role? Um, you've also got Embleton. I don't think we. Um, I think that's probably the position that we we'll least need to purchase a player for. Yeah. Um, that top and midfielder role. But yeah, now nah, Pritchard. Pritchard starts for me. I think. Yeah, Dylan. Uh, I, I agree on Pritchard starting and then in terms of bringing in someone who could maybe rotate, um, I don't know how how gettable he would be, but I quite like uh, the look of Ruben Corwell from Cardiff. Like, I'm pretty sure he was their joint top scorer last season, obviously because Kiefer Moore left halfway through. He finished like joint top scorer, but like barely starting games it's like I'm pretty he says here he got he was like in their starting 11 like 33 percent of the time so he's only going to start one in three games yeah so and I mean he's like he's he's quite different to Pritchard in terms of like obviously Pritchard's like diminutive likes to like he's quite like agile and then Colwell's like what six foot two something like that so I think just yeah. to have a different option a bit of a more physical option who we can bring on against you the bigger lads uh, I think would be would be good so if he's available which I doubt which I to be fair I doubt they'd be willing to sell him but if if there's if there's a if we can give them the money to get him out, I would love to see uh, Ruben Colwell. Yeah, I think one name that I'll throw in there that I don't actually think anyone's really mentioned before, and I think it probably is it unrealistic. I don't know, but Louis Sibley from Derby could be an interesting one uh-huh. to see what happens with. Obviously, Derby back well in League One now. He's I think he's still only a young player. I'm not entirely sure how old he is. Early twenties, I think. Um, but I'd be surprised if he stays in League One next season. Um, that is definitely a name that I would throw in there. John? Yeah, um, Pritchard. I think he's pretty much nailed on with his, you know, how he's been this season. Um, Emberton, probably the understudy. Um, I think Emberton's probably a player that he's not going to be first choice over Pritchard. Um, but if, you know, if we're going to the five-sub rule, then he's sort of a good player to be able to, you know, to, to bring on. Um, yeah. Any other one maybe you could think about is, um, well, who I was thinking of is is maybe Tom Lawrence from Derby. I'm sure you could yeah. exploit that situation. Again, he's he's done fairly well in a in a really poor and struggling team. Um, but like like the guys have said, I think we're pretty we're pretty well stocked in there. Um, so yeah, I was, we can't really move Pritchard and Emberton out of that at the moment. I don't think. Yeah. That's fair enough. Left wing again, John, we'll go back to you. Ian McGeady has obviously, well, is moving on. Um, I think he looks like he's going to be going to Hibs, which I think Lee Johnson's there now, isn't he? So he'll be joining back up with him. Obviously, Jack Clark at the moment looks to be going back to Tottenham after his loan spell. So 
In terms of wingers, again, kind of short on that side. So who would you be bringing in, John? And, you know, how many, I suppose, as well? <clears throat> well, I think we need, we do need two. We need to keep that, that whip out there. Um, I wouldn't mind signing uh, Jack Clark again. Again, it's, again, if it's a, if it's, you know, possible, I'm sure, you know, Tottenham are some of the worst people to deal with transfer-wise. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it's, yeah, maybe one they're looking at, but maybe not so, you know, when, I think there was talk of, is it Josh Murphy? Um, yeah. who's, who's just left Cardiff. I think he'd probably be, you know, he's got a lot of pace. Um, so he could be, you know, if we if we can get him on a free. Brings a new chant as well if we signed him, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. Get a bit of the Lee Howie chant. Yeah, exactly. Um but yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd probably take Murphy on a free. You know that that frees up some money to to maybe spend elsewhere. But I think you've got to be you've got to be looking at two. And I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't mind both. To be fair, Murphy and Clark, and you can play them on, you can play them on either wings as well. You know, they're very interchangeable. So are Roberts and and Dayaka, if you've got them on the other sides, um, yeah. I'm sure the club will pull pull something out of the bag. Who, you know, they've they've got a way of of knowing all the academy teams and you know pulling out your Callum Doyles and Sirkins and I think there'll be a few of that, especially for me where they've signed and I've never even heard of them before. Um, so yeah. I think we've got to expect sort of two or three of those signings to come in. Yeah, left wing for you, Dylan. Uh, well, I don't know if he's a, uh, I don't know if any of you've just seen seen the group chat now, but apparently apparently yeah. Hull three million for Scott Twine. So like I doubt I doubt they would accept that, but. If that's the sort of region of the fee that he's available for, because I thought it would have been much more than I'd be going in for Scott Twine because he can shoot from anywhere and it just goes in. It's like, you know when you go on FIFA and you put your shot accuracy up to 99 and then just score like scorpion kicks from the halfway line. And that's just what, that's Scott Twine's just the real life version of that. So I would like, I would like to see him. But then obviously there's the likes of Tom Lawrence, who's, he's available on a free, isn't he? Yes. Yeah, well, to be fair, he's got to be because Derby is skin. So yeah, I'd say I'd like I'd like to say I'd say Tom Lawrence or, or someone like Scott Twine. I would I wouldn't mind seeing him for us next season. Yeah, Adam, on to you. And yeah, I'm, I'm waiting for this unpopular opinion on Jack Clark now for you. So don't disappoint. I'll be honest. Again, I don't rate Jack Clark. <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I, I don't. I think our wingers towards the end of the season were two worst players last year, uh, last season, and. You know, thankfully, they came good for about five seconds away at Sheffield Wednesday um, to get us to the final. But no, getting Jack Clark, I wouldn't have him back. I'd definitely go for Tom uh, Tom Lawrence on a free, 100%. Yeah, fair enough. Moving on to striker again, a position that Sunderland will look to bring at least one, possibly two, possibly three, depending on what happens with Ross Stewart over the summer. Um, I've seen the likes of Nathan Broadhead has went back to Everton. He's been linked with a move back. Obviously, his injuries, you know, over the season have obviously been brought into question, um, which I don't think is too much of a concern, to be honest, because I think I said this at the time and I still kind of stand by it. I don't think he is an injury-prone player. I think he was rushed back um, on two different occasions. You could see in the final and in the playoff games that he just didn't look fit. Um, So I don't think his injuries are too much of a concern. Whether he comes in or not, I'm not sure, but up front for some of the next season, Adam? Yeah, um, again, someone who was in my recruitment plan and we've been linked with this morning, uh, Cameron Archer. Yeah. Now, uh, what's he called? Ryan Law said that he had a chat with Archer uh, towards the end of last season and Archer said to him that if it was a case of going back to the Championship, Preston are the only club he'd go to. 
Now, obviously, if that's true, then fair enough. But I can't see him wanting to go to Preston over us. Yeah. Um, other other options. I don't think we could do no harm in getting a uh, David McGoldrick as a backup, someone just to chase uh, and hassle defenders for a bit, and then. See, I, th- I think that is the one that I would have to disagree on for me. Really, not. I think he's, he's what is, is he turning thirty-five this year? I think. No, this is this is literally just for like a backup strike, like someone to sit on the bench all the time and just come on like now and again. It's I'm not saying I'd start him nowhere near that. But I think if we if we've only got one striker in Ross Stewart and we need to sign someone, then obviously you've got Stewart, you've got Archer who'll be a starter. I'd go and get Nathan Broadhead, and then just to have another striker there, I'd, I wouldn't I wouldn't say no to McGoldrick like like I say. And then you've got Dwight Gale as well. Um, if we could maybe get him, is he a free or would he be a case of having to loan him or sign? Him? I think it would be a loan because I think he signed a new contract last season. I think it was. Oh, fair enough. I'd, yeah, I'd definitely I'd definitely try and get him on loan then. I'll have to double check that, and I will do as I check. But um, Dylan, what point for Sunday next season? Uh, well, as far as far as I'm concerned, as uh, with uh, David McGoldrick, I would uh, I would definitely give him uh, a two year deal, never play him at all till we get it, <laughs> and then play him against Man United, and he'll score because that's the only team that he's ever scored against. I'm certain of it. But um, no, it would definitely. I, I definitely agree on Kamenaja. I would I would love to see him uh, in red and white next season. I remember we were very loosely linked with him on loan in January before he went to Preston. I think it was us and Portsmouth got linked with him. So I've had a look. I've like been keeping an eye on like how he's how he's been doing. I've looked at some of his highlights and that, as I'm sure everyone has. And he just he just looks like a, like a brilliant championship striker. And he's what I he's, I swear he's just turned twenty. Is it? About um, that, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. So, but at the might even be younger than that. To be fair. Yeah, my, my problem. Next month. Twenty-one next month. Okay, that's good. But just my only, not even my problem. Just my worry about about trying to sign someone like that is I feel like he doesn't come to us unless he's guaranteed to pretty much start every game. And I think obviously if we're playing one up front, which we which we have been doing, Ross Stewart's not gonna like we're not gonna drop Ross Stewart for Cameron Archer. So. Mm. It's uh, it's a tough one. I want to see Cameron Archer, but I just don't. I don't think we could get him unless it, unless he was guaranteed that sort of that sort of game time. So maybe there was a few times last season for Preston. Um, well, funny enough, random, but I was at his very first game for Preston away to uh, West Brom when he came on and, and scored near the end. And there was a few times last season where he was playing kind of on the left because you'd have like Chet Evans and Emil Reese up front, and then. Cameron Archer on the left, and it made me think similar role to what Nathan Broder was doing for us last season. He was a striker, but he understood that he couldn't knock Ross Stewart out the number nine position. So you know he he played a bit wide. But the other thing with Preston last season, um, I ran some data analysis on them before, and the games that Emil Reese and Archer started up front together, if they if that was the partnership for them all season, they'd have finished in the playoffs. And I think with Ross Stewart, a bit similar to Reese, um, you know, like a tall a holder player. I think Ross Stewart's far better, by the way. If if we were to play a two up front with Archer and Stewart, that would cause absolute chaos next season. Yeah. Mm. See, so, I'm all for us playing it like a four four two, but then the only problem with that is then where does where does Pritchard go? Does he come on? Does he play? Because I don't think if three five to me and play Pritchard behind them. That would be no, a shout actually. Yeah, yeah, no, that'd be that'd be good. And I'll just check, Dwight Gale signed a three-year contract last year. 
Don't know why. It's such a strange move. It is. Unless they know that they could maybe get about eight million out of a championship club for him. That's the only thought process behind it, truly. Yeah, but he is under contract another two years in Newcastle. Um, interestingly enough, so if he was to sign. Oh, did he not sign that before the takeover got got put through? So when they were very looking very likely to get relegated, and that he scores about seventy goals a season. So maybe uh, yeah, his scenario it has to have been that, hasn't it? I'm trying to think when the takeover went through because it was around oh, January, wasn't it? This... Uh, it was just before January. It was about November, December time. I'm sure. I'll have a look because it was when they played Spurs at home. Well, I think it was exactly a year ago. Um, not necessarily on this day, obviously, but. It was June last year, I think, that he signed a, a three-year contract with Newcastle. Right, and the the takeover got well. The first game after the takeover was the seventeenth of October. So yeah, it must have been what Dylan said there. Yeah, either way, a three-year contract is very interesting. But anyway, moving on to last but not least, John up front for Sunderland next season. Yeah, I think we've got to go with with Ross Stewart. Um, it does concern me, Nathan Broadhead's uh, injury record. That is a bit where I know he probably was rushed back at the end. Um, if if you can, you know, I'd, I'd probably take him if we if we're going to sign two strikers because I think we've there's going to be times in games or there's going to be games where we're going to have to start two up front. I think sometimes, um, so you're going to need that extra one. I wouldn't be against, you know, McGoldrick as sort of a a third, you know, sort of a third striker. Um, I'm sure there's a few others knocking about. I wouldn't mind. Um, Lawrence Shankland to come in. I think he did. Mm. He did well before he went Belgium, went abroad. Yeah. Yes, I think we could probably we could probably get him back for for very little. Um, but you know, if, if you are going to sign Broadhead or or McGoldrick, I think you probably do take an Archer or that type of you know sort of young young loan as, as the third one, just as, you know, as as they're still learning. Um, so we you know in games we can actually change it up and not just sort of be be one dimensional. Um, so yeah, there's a range of options out there, and I'm sure, I'm sure they're all being explored as we speak. Yeah. Just one you... last name. Go on. One last name that I forgot about: uh, Reese Healy from Toulouse. Oh, oh yes. <clears throat> when he was at MK Dons, he, I thought he was the best striker in the league, and again, he's one that can play on the left as well. Um, so yeah, I think we could probably get him for about three, four million as well. Yeah. Obviously, it all depends how much Sunderland have to spend. Yeah, that's it in the summer, um, if anything at all. Like, I think we will have a decent budget um, to kind of, like Adam said right at the start, just to kick on and hopefully challenge for summer next season. Another name that I'll just throw in there to see what people think. He hasn't been linked. I wouldn't be surprised if he does get linked just because of pure lazy journalism. But obviously, Bordeaux were relegated to the third division of France um, recently. I think it might have been yesterday or the day before that that was confirmed. And obviously, Josh Madge is playing there now. I can't imagine he's going to be staying in the third division. Is he a player that would be welcome back at Sunderland? Obviously, his first season, you know, I think he scored on his debut in the championship, came down to League One with us when we got relegated. I think it was 17 goals he scored in that season. And, you know, it looked looked the player, really. Um, you know, he played for Fulham in the Premier League, scored a couple of goals here and there. Not entirely sure how he got on at Stoke, because I didn't really pay too much attention that season in the championship. But, is if he was linked, if he was an option, would he be a player that you'd consider bringing in as a as a starter or maybe a backup to Stuart? For me, not, personally, not a chance. Go on, go on, you boys go. Oh no, nah, 
if he's, he's turned his back on us once, I wouldn't give him that opportunity to come back here. Not a chance. Yeah, I completely agree. If you if your missus cheated on you, you wouldn't fucking let her back in. She said she loved you again. You know what I mean? I think Depends that, who was with her. Wish him. I don't wish ill ill on him. Even though I've I've said before that I hope he has a shit career, but I, I take that back. I think he should now. I think he should go go to the Netherlands. I think he, I think he'd do well in the Eredivisie, somewhere like that. Do what do what like the likes of Donny or Marlon do. Just go and like rebuild the careers in a, in a foreign league, and then and could maybe come back to England in a few years' time. But I wouldn't have him back here simply because of the the way that the way that he left. Yeah, fair enough, John. Would you be against him coming back? Yeah, one hundred percent. Like a lot of the boys have said, I know he was young. I'm sure he was naive and he's learnt his lesson. But yeah, not for me. You only get a you get one chance. I'm sure if he'd have stayed, you know, I think it'd have been different for him and us. Um, but yeah, you burnt your bridge. So to be honest, I think if he'd stayed, would have been doing this podcast four years, about well, three years earlier. If I'm, oh, I yeah, exactly. I'm sure, I'm sure he, I'm sure he regrets it as well. So yeah. you know, even though he's he lives in a nice part of the world, or you know. Where his contract is in in Bordeaux, I'm sure it's a lovely place to live and it's good money and all that lot. But you know, I'm sure we'd rather have the, you know, the better career. And you know, he he looked okay at Fulham. So think of what he'd done if he'd have finished finished with us. You know, he, we could have even sold him at the end of that or whatever. But yeah, you know, it was shit from us, shit from him. But yeah, we don't want him back. Thanks. Yeah, you're trying to say Pennywell and Hendon don't have the same appeal as Bordeaux. That's exactly what I'm saying. Fair enough. Fair enough. I don't think I'll disagree with that. Um. But last but not least, obviously them names that we've mentioned, they might sign, they might not sign, they might never get linked. Um, some of them already have. So it's a case of a waiting game, I suppose, to see who Sunderland bring in, who stays at the club. Um, and again, just kind of what happens with the club over the next few weeks, next few months. Um, the takeover's still kind of up in the air. I say takeover in inverted commas because it's kind of more of a, you know, buying the shares out of... Donald and Methvin, so there's a lot to happen, um, and obviously we don't know how the squad will line up, but let's say we brought in some of the players that we've mentioned there, what would be a realistic finish for Sunderland next season? What would be a realistic target for Alex Nayland and Sunderland to look for in the Championship? John, I'll start with you. Um, I think pers- personally for me, I think it has to be, first and foremost, is you know the consolidation. I think you've got to see where you are, maybe Christmas time, you know, if we're knocking about that sort of 10th, 11th place, you know, can we strengthen in January? We, we sh- hopefully should have the power to, you know, and kick on. And then, it's, you know, can we make a late surge? You know, I think I think that's the, the pragmatic approach. And then, you know, ultimately, if you, there's no one really in the league that scares me. Um, as long as we, we get things right off the pitch, um, you know, in the background, I don't see any reason why we can't just have a good old, Good old crack at um, you know, at least at least the playoffs, I'd say. You know, any yeah. anything less than that, I think is quite unambitious. Yeah, that's fair enough, Dylan. I, I completely agree with what what John just said there. Like as far I've, I've said it before, but and I know that I know they've since been relegated, but the fact that Barnsley went up and managed to get managed to get, get playoffs, especially with that squad. I know them. I know their manager at the time did absolute wonders, but but the point I'm making is the fact that like a team like that can go up and get get playoffs. And obviously we've seen Luton go it wasn't it wasn't straight, but Luton have put themselves as a as a top half championship team in the past two years. There's no reason why we shouldn't be trying to do the same. And I mean especially Obviously, even the teams that have come down, there's a lot of a lot of rebuild and having to be done. Obviously, I think Huddersfield are a good team to look at as well because obviously they got. I think it was the playoff final they got to, wasn't it? 
And yeah, exactly. I think they had the lowest budget in the league last season. Well, their best player, their last, their best player last season was someone they pulled from non-league. That's Sober Thomas. So I mean, it just shows yeah. that you don't even have to spend loads of money and stuff like that. You just need to be what, like smart with your signings, be savvy, and bring in people who can do a job. And then, um, like, why not? Let's just go for it. Let's just get promoted. Tom Flanagan said when he signed that new contract two years ago that we, there's no reason why we can't get back to back promotion. So maybe he'll have the last laugh when we do it. Yeah, hopefully so. And last but not least, Adam, a realistic target for some of the next season if some of the players mentioned were to come in. Uh, definitely top half. Um, I th- honestly, I think if <laughs> obviously it's never going to happen, but I think if all the players that we've like we've said kind of today were to were to sign, there's no reason why we couldn't be around uh, eighth next season. Like just like like um, Dylan said about Barnsley getting the playoffs and said, oh, but they had a brilliant manager. I think people are sometimes forgetting. I think we have got top five best manager in the championship next season. Yeah, personally, in Alex Neil. Um, I think he's fantastic, and I think that if everything goes to plan, you could see us top off. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. Hopefully so. Hopefully we win the league. Let's do it. Another trip to Wembley wouldn't be bad. Um, but we'll have to wait and see. Um, but anyway, that is all the time for today. I'm sure we'll have another podcast out in the future, talking about you know potential transfers or links, or hopefully in the next couple of weeks. Um, I can't remember the time frame that we're putting it. We'd have a little bit more to talk about regarding the, again, inverted commas, takeover. Um, hopefully that comes out and hopefully it goes better than how it sounds at the moment because it does sound like a bit of a catastrophe at the moment. But we'll see. Um, but anyway, until then, we will see you later. That's all, folks.